Renew You, the evolution of her podcast, where we discuss empowering high-performing women, including moms, career businesswomen, and entrepreneurs to stress less and live more healthy and balanced. I'm your host, Rachel Holtz, holistic fat loss and lifestyle transformation coach, specializing in women's fat loss, metabolism, and hormone health. Join me every Monday as we explore simple stress-reducing and hormone-balancing strategies to support natural fat loss, healing, optimal health, and well-being. Together, we'll dive into the four pillars of wellness to help you feel your best on the inside and out. It's time for you to gain control of your life by understanding how stress impacts your health, hormones, and happiness. Are you ready to live a life of less stress, more balance, and vibrant health? If so, let's dive in. The information provided in this podcast is intended for general information and educational purposes only. Any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is at your own risk. If you have or suspect you may have a medical or mental health condition, please seek the advice of a qualified health care professional. The hosts and guests of this podcast do not assume any liability or responsibility for any actions taken based on the information discussed in this podcast. All right, let's get to it. So today we're going to talk about the hunger within, exploring the root causes of emotional eating, right? Because you know I'm all about root causes. So in this episode, we're going to talk about the complex world of emotional eating, right? Exploring why you turn to food during times of stress, along with practical tips and techniques for breaking the cycle of emotional eating and helping you gain a deeper understanding of your triggers, and help you to find uh, different alternatives and coping strategies to do to deal with it. All right. So we're also going to be talking about the science behind the hunger and fullness cues, right? Those two special hormones and share strategies for retraining the body to recognize these signals so you could achieve more balanced, sustainable eating habits over time. All right. So if I were to give this episode a special, special name or a subtopic, it would be mind over matter, right? Reclaiming control over emotional eating. And I specifically say mind over matter because when we talk about holistic health and wellness, right? Holistic is the whole body. It's the how the mental affects the physical and the physical uh, affects the mental because it's really right a whole body experience. It's not just... Hey, I'm going to focus on exercise or I'm just going to focus on meditation. And, you know, that's why I talk about the four pillars of wellness, because they all go with each other. Right. It's just not one or the other. And they're all intertwined. So mind over matter, reclaiming control over emotional eating. So the first point that I want to make, we're going to talk. uh, I'm going to give you three uh, points today. Keep it short and sweet. Right. Um, And the first point is understanding the root causes of emotional eating. So emotional eating can be triggered by a a wide range of emotions, right? Um, Stress is one of them, obviously, anxiety, boredom, loneliness, or depression. Now, the thing or the root cause to that is we normally um, crave things like sweets, right? Carbohydrates and different things like that. Those are the two big cravings that most people have, right, when it comes to stress eating. and the root cause or the reason behind that is because that one special hormone, right? There's, there's a couple of them, but that one special hormone called cortisol, right? You'll hear me talk about that a lot. And cortisol needs sugar. It needs energy. It needs sugar to function. 
Number two, um, sugar or carbs, you know, your uh, the number one preferred fuel for your brain is carbohydrates, okay? And then number two, sugar, you probably heard this before, sugar targets the reward center of the brain. So it's a physiological or physical craving that your body is having, right? So over time, if you've had some stress triggers that you're really not aware of, I mean, and they could stem from, you know, childhood, right? Um, some very traumatic events have happened, right? Um, you know, I really don't want to get, get too far deep into it because it, you know, it could be triggering for some people, but um, they're there, right? And you know what they are. And so what happens is it targets or emotional eating targets the feel good portion of the brain. So momentarily, right? When you're eating sugar, right? Cause sugar is just as, if not more so addicting than cocaine and morphine and all that. They've done studies on that, that it targets that reward center, right? It makes you feel good for a moment briefly, right? Um, and so your body is saying yes. And the more you do it, the more you want to do it, the more you want to do it, right? Because it gives you that feeling, um, or you're rewarding yourself, right? So I don't know, uh, you know, in your fifties, you probably even uh, remember the study on uh, Pavlo's dog, right? Ringing the bell and, you know, him salivating, the dog salivating and time for dinner and, and all that. It's the same concept, right? It's like you've trained your body over time to respond in a certain way when a trigger arises, right? So you may not be consciously aware of it, but subconsciously your body is automatically um, carrying out a certain type of behavior because that's what it's been trained to do. Keyword, that's what it's been trained to do. So if it's been trained to do that over a period of time, then guess what? You can retrain it to do the opposite. The key to that is you just need to be mindful of what that stress trigger, those stress triggers are in order to do that. So when it, when that feeling situation, uh, person, words, smells, all those triggers, right? Because it's, you know, it, there, those triggers are, are, uh, tied to, you know, the senses, right? Smell, sight, hearing, all those things, they trigger something, right? You could be driving down the street and, you know, you hear a certain song and then automatically it takes you to a place. You're like, wow, could be a happy place, could be a sad place, but you know, um, nonetheless, you know, smell, certain smells, right? Around the holidays or, you know, um, you know, it could be a bad smell too, right? It, it works just the same. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to point out how strong the senses are in triggering, um, certain type of behaviors, um, uh, normally related to stress, anxiety as well. Um, and, uh, boredom, right? So people just get, they, they just eat, because they're bored, right? They have nothing else to do. So, um, you know, let me go to the refrigerator and see, <laughs> and see what's in there. We had, used to have a sign on our, our refrigerator when we were younger, right? We used to get in trouble actually, if we would go to the refrigerator too many times, like, why do you keep opening up the door? The same thing was in there as last time you looked nothing. <laughs> so we can, you know, honestly, seriously, there was only, you know, a certain amount of times we could open up the refrigerator. So, um, you know, the same thing that was in there the last time you looked is the same thing. Nothing's changed, uh, basically. So, you know, uh, again, people eat out of boredom and setting, having, you know, uh, they, they just turn to food. You know, some people just like food, right? 
Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a confessed, you know, fit foodie, right? I enjoy food. I, I enjoy the, um, the colors of food, right? The colors, the culture of food, the different tastes, uh, the different smells, aromas, and, you know, different things like that. So, um, yeah, that's besides the point. Well, it's actually tied to emotion. And here's the thing uh, that that um, when when we talk about emotional eating, right, you probably never heard this before. Never. Aside from the traumatic events, because I want to I want to be clear on that. Right. I'm not making light of the fact that there are some events and triggers in in people's lives that really, you know, are very painful. Right. And they really incite these type of responses. But to be honest with you, we are all emotional eaters. We all are. And I'm going to tell you why. As a society, we function around food. Right. Culturally, we function around food. And those things are tied to emotions. You look at weddings, funerals, birthdays, happy hour. Right. Baby shower. All of these things bar mitzvahs, quinceañeras, right? All these things are tied to what? Emotions. Some of them are happy emotions. Some of them are sad emotions. Uh, culturally, right? We get together around family, Thanksgiving, Christmas. We have traditions, um, you know, uh, in different cultures, right? We celebrate around food, right? And so, again, not to minimize the fact that you may truly have an emotional trigger, you know, when it comes to food and the root cause and, and the, the actual physical cravings that you may have. I also want you to keep in mind that we've kind of been trained to respond that way, right? Because it's all around us. If you think about it, right? Hey, I'm going to get together with the girls. We're going to go out and have some drinks, right? Because of why? Are we celebrating? Is it just because, um, you know, again, turning 40, turning 50, you know, anniversary, something, right? It's all around food. So I just want you to keep that in mind, all right? You can stop beating yourself up over that and look at this with a different, right? A different mindset, right? A different mindset shift when it comes to food. All right. So that was my point. Number two, societal pressures, past experiences, culture, family, background, all can influence emotional eating. So by understanding these things, the causes of emotional eating, then you could gain insight into the triggers and develop um, healthier uh, coping strategies. Right. So, you know, if you have a if you have a favorite family recipe, right? Like if, you know, in my family, um, we have a, a carrot cake, right? Recipe that was passed down from my grandmother. I probably only cook it like maybe, you know, once, uh, once or twice a year. And, um, you know, it's been in the family for, you know, years. I've passed it down to my, my, my daughter and she, you know, she now cooks it. And so, you know, Again, I mean, it's a very rich cake, right? I don't eat it all the time, but still, nonetheless, it's in the family. And, and, and again, it's tied to culture, background, family experience. So keep that in mind. All right. So number two is developing alternative coping strategies, find, finding alternative ways to cope with stress and difficult emotions to key or breaking the cycle to emotional eating. So here's the thing. 
y'all hear me talk a lot about stress triggers, right? Because they're so, some are very subtle. Some are, are not so subtle, right? But it's the subtle ones that always get us, right? Because you're, you're, you're just living with the situation day to day and something happens. And then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, it could be a spouse. It could be your, you know, your kid, somebody will say something or do something that just like, it just grinds your nerves, right? It's just like, ugh. you know, you get, you know, upset for, you know, a moment and then you go just, you know, let me just go eat this donut, right? Um, because it's just something that you've been doing for so long. Well, at that moment, when you recognize, oh, my kid pissed me off. Oh, my husband said this to me and it hurt my feelings, right? Because you know what they are, you know. Right. Um, or my coworker did this or my boss said this or um, again, it's going to take a moment to just kind of sit down and write that out. But once you become aware of that, that's the point when you're like, oh, if you normally turn left, that's when you want to turn right. Right. You want to actively say, oh, OK, instead of grabbing this Coke, let me grab some water. Oh, instead of me grabbing this candy bar. Let me get up and go for a walk and go outside. All right. So that's those are some examples of how you can break the cycle um, of the emotional eating. Right. Again, instead of grabbing that candy bar, doing something different. Hey, it is, you know, you could eat a piece of fruit. Right. Or you could eat, you know, something um, that's not going to trigger that sugar or carb response. Right. In the brain, because remember that cortisol level. Your cortisol levels uh, are at an all-time high, right? We're talking about chronic stress. We're talking about emotional eating that's tied to stress, chronic stress, right? Um, how chronic stress acts within your body, how cortisol actually keeps your blood sugar, you know, elevated. Because remember, it needs sugar, it needs carbs in order to function. So it affects your blood sugar and it affects your insulin levels, right? Which will guess what? Prevents you from losing weight. So it's a vicious cycle there that's going on. Um, and I understand your frustration. That's why I really wanted to do this and break it down for you to kind of ease your mind, you know, um, a little bit so you can kind of, uh, get a different picture as to what's going on behind the scenes. All right. So, uh, the next thing is, uh, strategies, right. That include practicing mindfulness and meditation, um, you know, engaging in physical activity or exercise, pursuing creative hobbies or activities or spending time with loved ones. Um, as long as those loved ones don't <laughs> trigger some type of stressful or stress reducing response, right? Um, you don't want to do that. Relationships, people, um, you know, that, uh, cause they do right. A uh, really quick story. So, uh, I was dating this guy one time, right? And, you know, everything was going fine. You know, we got it on really good, but he did something, right? And I was like, oh, where did that come from? And I was like, you know, I, I can't do this. Like, we, we can't. And I, I, I felt really bad in a way in, in, in the sense that, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't him necessarily that I was reacting to, like I had to identify it, right? It was like, it was the behavior. I was reacting to something that he did that triggered a response in me that was tied to something else. So you see how that works, right? 
So when you can recognize it and call it what it is. So instead of me staying in a situation that I didn't think it was going to be healthy or helpful for me, because, you know, it really wasn't, I really wasn't in a place to where I kind of wanted to, you know, got kind of get into the, oh, well, this is why. And, you know, going into the, the deep and, you know, I, I just didn't want to do that. So I was like, look, this is just not going to work out. Right. Um, cause I'm not in a place to where I can look over, you know, overlook the behavior cause it's triggering something and it's just not going to work out. So again, it's identifying that stress trigger, calling it what it is, right. And doing something different about it. Because remember we're talking about, we're not talking about the person, right. We're talking about how you, how you respond to triggers and what, uh, what the outcome is for you. Like what behaviors do you do in response to something that you're triggered by? That's what all this is about. It's not about judging other people or getting into their what's and why's or whatever. This is all about you, right? This is all about Rachel and how she responds and all about Susan and how she responds or all about Linda and how she responds, right? To different stress, stressful situations or, uh, uh, you know, uh, loneliness, depression, right? Again, all of those things, loneliness is tied to an emotion. Depression is actually tied to a harm, a hormone imbalance, right? Something that's going on within the chemistry, uh, of your body, you know, not to say that it's not, it can be tied to an emotion as well too. But like when we start to pick these things apart, right? If we can nourish our mind and bodies in ways that support our body during these times, right? In a helpful and a positive and a nourishing and healing type of way, then our body will respond differently, right? We have to train our body to respond the way that we want it to in a healthy mind manner, right? We're so used to negativity, negativity around us in the world, in the workplace, you know, in, in life. And just, you know, it's always gloom and doom and bad news all the time. I mean, you know, it is, it is what it is, right? Call it what it is. Um, you know, that's why I'm all really about positivity because we have to, you know, sometimes you just really have to talk to yourself and, and, you know, beyond the self, you know, daily affirmations, like that stuff is real, right? Not to say that those negative things don't exist in the world. They do, but, um, you know, you have to counteract it, you know, <laughs> with something. So that's a strategy, right? Um, using mindful mindfulness meditation, uh, being mindful about what it is that you do, being mindful about the people that you interact with, like I was, ex you know, e expressing earlier, being mindful about the relationships that you have, toxic relationships, toxic relationships are toxic relationships. There's no way around it. Red light is red. Red is red. It's not green. It's not yellow. It's red. <laughs> okay. Um, meditation again, you know, if meditation is your thing, then, you know, meditate by all means. And again, it's just not about sitting there, crossing your legs, counting to 10. You have to actively get involved in the exercise by quieting your central nervous system. And, you know, um, it really does help, right? Relaxation, relaxing the mind, relaxing the body like you would do when you were floating, right? Because that's what calms your central nervous system down. It calms it down, Right. So it doesn't have the same effect. So this is a type of behavior or a different type of uh, coping strategy, right? That you can use once you're triggered by a certain event, uh, counting to 10, walking away, right? Those things really do work. You know, let me just uh, leave for a second. Let me listen to something positive. Let me, you know, do something different. You have to actively 
get involved in that situation in order to trigger a different response and train your body to act uh, differently. All right. Um, physical activity or exercise. So we all know that uh, exercise is very good for stress and emotional eating. Very, very good. Right. Releases endorphins, what we call the happy hormones and different things like that. The only thing I, w- I would say uh, when it comes to exercise is, again, being mindful of where you are in the weight loss process, right? If your hormones are super out of control, you got inflammation, you know, jo- joint problems and all those kinds of things, I would say walking is probably the best. It's always the best exercise anyway, right? In, in terms of, you know, like, if you're just getting started and depending on, you know, can't go wrong with walking, right? Because there's different types of exercises for different types of things that you want to do, but you just... Be mindful of not doing intense type exercises that will keep your uh, cortisol uh, levels elevated because it will work in reverse. It will work against you um, in terms of weight loss instead of um, uh, instead of helping you to lose weight. So two things exercise. If you're doing it strictly because you just want that like runner's high. If you have ever had that feeling, then you know what it is that I'm talking about right? Um, that just release that just, you just feel like you're on top of the world. That's one thing. But if you're exercising to, um, you know, I'm doing 30 or 45 minutes of cardio and, and weight training because it's going to help me lose weight. Totally different. You want, you want to not do high intensity type exercises because remember that cortisol hormone is already elevated and high intensity exercises will aggravate that. All right. Uh, let's see what else. Pursuing creative hobbies or hobbies or activities that are relaxing to your mind, whatever it is for you. You know, like I said, painting, crocheting, uh, gardening is a very good one. Anything that has to do with nature, if you're into that kind of thing, volunteering, right? Being around other people, whatever it is that that brings you happiness and brings you joy, that calms your central nervous system down, that's you know not triggering for you or that you know, takes your mind off of that. That's what you really want to incorporate. All right. And again, spending time with your loved ones, as long as they are not, you know, triggering or that happy friend, right. That, that one friend that just makes you laugh. And, (laughs) uh, you know, I have one of those. It's like, no matter what, right. It's just like, you know, I just, I just need to laugh for a second. So, you know, I'll pick up the phone and and call her and say, Hey, you know, and and by the end of the day, I I forgot what I was even mad or triggered about. So you want to always have one of those around you. Okay. And then, uh, let's see. Yeah. So building the support of, Networking friends, family, you know, therapists, anybody could, that could help you, you know, deal or, you know, just healthy, just healthy coping mechanisms, right? Until you can get to the point to where, you know, you're recognizing these things and starting to do something different. Because like I said, you know, initially your body's just on auto, on autopilot. Our body's been on autopilot for so long, right? We just adapt, right? Um, to a situation. And, uh, you know, another true story here, you know, even with myself and why I'm so, um, I guess, dogmatic about it or, you know, I talk about it so much is because I was actually in a toxic relationship, right, for about mm, 11 years, 12 years. And I didn't really realize it, right? It's just, it's just one of those things where, you know, if you've been around for a while, right, in your 50s, we've all had it, right? Same situation where you know you shouldn't have been in this situation, but you just kind of deal with it. And then, you know, finally until something gives, right? Same thing. So, but anyway, 
what happened was after, you know, the situation was finally over and we're going on about our lives and, um, I got a phone call one day, right? And I didn't recognize the number, (laughs) uh, tip here. If you don't recognize the number, don't answer it. Um, but yeah, so I didn't recognize the number. And so I answered the phone. Hey, you know, hello, it's having a great day, right? Hello. And I heard the voice and I was like, okay. And I literally, like, I literally felt my body, like my stomach just knotted up. Right. Um, I even think I started sweating, like if I recall, but anyway, like for sure, my stomach knotted up. Right. And Like, I just felt the tension, for sure, in my body come back. And, yeah, you know, it's like, oh, hey, yeah, cool, yeah, all right, no, thanks for calling, gotta go. It was one of those type of things. Because I, when that trigger was reintroduced, that when it was so apparent to me that, wow, this is what you've been living in. This is what you were living under for, like, a long time. And I wasn't even aware of it, right? Because... You just go on about your life, like, eh, right? And then different types of response. So I didn't necessarily have a problem with emotional eating or different things like that, but I definitely had other things, probably not the healthy things, right? Um, emotional eating, you know, could be something else, right? That was tied to a trigger or a, a, a trigger response or something that, um, that triggers that part of the brain. So, um, just be mindful of that, right? Those stress triggers, they're real, real, real. And if you can, right, start unpacking those things in your life. Like if you really want to overcome this, right, reclaim control over emotional eating, right? You really have to dive in deep, right? Um, it doesn't have to be all at once, but just a little bit at a time, right? to uncover that, especially as it relates to emotional eating, because it's a cycle. It can be broken, right? And it doesn't have to be as stressful as, you know, um, it's made out to be, but it can be broken. All right. So the third thing is retraining your body's uh, hunger and fullness cues. So here's the thing. Many people who struggle with emotional eating have lost touch with their body's natural signals for hunger and fullness. Um, and I don't know if you know what they are, but there's two special hormones. Leptin is one of them and ghrelin is the other one, right? One suppresses your appetite and the other one tells your body when you're hungry. And so what happens is people who lose their, um, lose touch with the body's natural hormone signaling, it's really tied to um, insulin resistance, right? Or what they call leptin resistance. Or, you know, once your body is so far out of control, which doesn't mean it can't be corrected, right? It just means that you need to get actively involved by controlling certain things within your body, right? Controlling when you eat, how you eat, how often you eat and what you eat, right? Little tidbits right there. You can control the insulin in your body or the insulin resistance. Insulin resistance just means that 
your your cells are not taking any more sugar. They don't want any more. There's nothing that it, that they could do with it. They're full, right? So your liver says, okay, fine, let me pass it on. I'll take it, and it stores it as fat. That's all it does. It stores it as fat, or it makes more cholesterol. The muscles aren't taking any more, okay? That's all that's going on with insulin resistance, right? So what happens is when those signals get turned off, right? One or two things. Your body is no longer recognizing um, that you're full, right? Because the signal's not working. And number two, you could also be deficient in some type of vitamin or nutrient. This is something that's really not discussed, right? Um, And what I mean by, let's take uh, protein, for example. Many people don't understand that if your body is deficient in protein, right? Now, this doesn't mean go out and just eat a whole cow, right? Or drink a whole bunch of protein shakes in, in order to, right? Like, okay, Rachel said I had to have a lot of protein. That's not it. It's a complete protein, right? Back to seventh grade science, right? Essential and non-essential amino acids. Your body needs a complete protein in order to move to the next stage for your hormones. Your hormones need two things, healthy fats and complete proteins. Healthy fats and complete proteins, right? Not just any protein, a complete protein. What makes a protein complete, right? So if your body is deficient in protein, which normally happens when people go on these fad diets and they lose weight really quickly, um, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, you lost 50 pounds, but then you end up getting 60 or 70. It's because their body is deficient in some type of macro or micronutrient, micronutrients, meaning trace minerals and vitamins, right? Copper, zinc, uh, magnesium, manganese, uh, calcium, phosphorus, all those type of things, right? On that lovely little periodic table chart, um, that you're deficient in something that your body is trying to feel, fulfill a need. So it will keep on eating and it will keep on eating. It will keep on eating, telling you I am deficient in something and I need it. All right. So that's where that I'm constantly hunger. Another thing is, um, you know, if you're in your forties, fifties, right. Um, we were taught as kids not to leave anything on our plate. Right. So we overeat, right. Cause we don't want to waste food. Right. When you have kids, right. They just have one or two little bites on their plate. So you go ahead and do what? You finish it, right? All these are behavioral things that we've learned over a period of time, right? That um, that we have to retrain our body and signal those hunger and fullness, uh, trigger those hunger and fullness cues in our body. Um, so again, you know, just things that we're not really aware of, some things that, you know, we've just been accustomed to doing over a period of time. So mindful eating, um, which involves paying closer attention to the hunger and fullness cues. Again, eating without distractions, being, um, you know, food timing type of food that you eat, right? Ne- not necessarily long fast, but it does, um, uh, having some type of break in between your meals is very important in order to stabilize your blood sugar. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but, um, you know, food timing, uh, tight, chewing your food, uh, different things like that, restoring those hormone signaling uh, within your body to recognize these signals. Um, other strategies can include uh, learning to distinguish between emotional and physical hunger, 
and experimenting with like different types of food to find out what makes your body feel nourished and satisfied. That really gets into uh, intuitive eating, which I teach a lot on uh, hormone signaling. Your body knows what to eat and knows what it doesn't want, right? If you really pay attention to it. So you can, you know, um, and I go over that in my Renew You Transformation Immersion, uh, immersion Program, where we talk about mindful eating in depth, which we just covered, right? The different signals, how to retrain the body in order to get it to respond. So you're not tied into the emotional eating part. Because again, one of it's a sugar craving, carb craving. If you're deficient in certain types of minerals, right? By, and you probably read these things before. Oh, you're low in magnesium. That's why you're craving sugar. That's probably one part of it, but it's not the whole part of it, right? There's different factors that go into it. But mindful eating right? Intuitive eating gets into those things, right? To where it's like, okay, now these are the foods that I'm supposed to be eating. Once um, those nutrition nutrition deficiencies have been fulfilled, then what, right? I eat when I'm hungry. I stop when I'm full. My body will already tell me, you don't need to count calories, right? What did we do before apps? Like I always have that question, Right. With all these little fancy apps and 1300 calories and 2400 calories and, you know, a certain percent of carbohydrates and 25 percent of that. Like, what did we do before we had all of this? We ate. We ate when we were hungry. We stopped when we were full. Right. We ate a balanced meal. Right. We pretty much were, you know, across the board. We, we drank our Ovaltine. We drank our Tang. Right. <laughs> You're old enough to remember that. Right. We had our little Flintstone chewy vitamin. Right. Um, so. You know, the principles are still the same. OK, so here is a little recap of the things that we went over today. I hope you got some value from it. Understanding the root causes of emotional eating um, and how they can be triggered by a range of emotions, societal pressures um, and exploring the underlying causes of this behavior. You can gain insight into your triggers and develop healthier coping strategies, all right? Number two, developing um, alternative coping strategies to help break the cycle of emotional eating. So it's important to find alternative ways um, to deal with, you know, stress and difficult emotions like exercising, uh, mindfulness, uh, you know, family and friends, you know, get, get a happy movie. As I would say, what is your happy movie, right? What is your happy place? Where do you go to? Right. Um, those things like sometimes you have to go outside of the box, like you really have to do that in order to, you know, retrain your body, because it's really all about retraining your body to have a different response. If you don't remember anything else about this episode. It's about retraining your body to have a different response to the emotional trigger that's causing you or your body to eat emotionally which we call emotional eating. But remember, I said we're all emotional eaters, right? Aside from the fact that it may be tied to something that's, you know, um, you know, trauma. I'm not minimizing that or something like that. But just be mindful of that. All right? Training the body's hunger and fullness cues. Many people who struggle with emotional eating have lost touch with their body's natural signals and hunger fullness and how to overcome that, right, by... Um, uh, uh, restoring the hormone signaling within the body by looking at um, food timing and type, right? Uh, a lot of people don't know that too, right? Carbohydrates, if you, when you're eating a lot of carbohydrates first, it introduces a certain type of uh, hormonal response, um, right? Because your, harm, your hormones want to do something with that sugar. So uh, 
there is actually a different way of eating that will trigger a different type of response in your body, right? And I go over that in the 12 week uh, transformation program as well, right? It's how to eat in order to get your body to respond the way that we want it to. Okay. Um, so in recognizing, um, retraining your body and recognizing these signals to develop a healthier, a healthier eating habits over time. So once you start doing this on a regular basis, then it becomes a subconscious thing. Just like training your body to do the negative things over a period of time. It just becomes subconscious, right? Over a period of time, these are things that you'll automatically do, but you have to actively train your body just like anything else. Just like when you go on a job and you learn a new skill, right? You have to go through a training period, right? Same thing with your body. You just have to go through a training period and knowing what to do, right? The right thing to do. Not just following lists of don't eat this, don't eat that, right? There is an actual way, a science behind doing this, right? A science behind doing this that's not tied to marketing okay <laughs> so I want to be my wanted you to be mindful of that okay so by focusing on these things uh, you can gain a better understanding of emotional eating and take the steps toward developing a healthier healthier habits again and coping mechanisms to help you overcome um, and gain control over emotional eating right and transform your health and life so that's all I have for today on that. That's a wrap. But before I go, I wanted to extend this invitation to you um, to join my mission, our mission to help 1 million women in midlife achieve their health and wellness goals by combining targeted nutrition and holistic, uh, a holistic approach to wellness that nourishes your mind and body for optimal health, mental health, physical health, and well-being. Right. And that's what I talk about with the four pillars of wellness, always keeping those in rotation. Right. So if you're looking to re reclaim control over your emotional eating and transform your health and unlock your body's natural ability to thrive, look no further. I go over that in depth with my uh, Renew You Transformation 12 week immersion program. Um, this program is designed to help you achieve balance in all areas of your life, including nutrition, stress management, sleep, and exercise, right? Those four pillars, keep them in rotation. And just like I was explaining to you how they go together, um, didn't talk about sleep today, but we'll get to that in future episodes. And with, uh, the personalized nutrition plan, right? This is based on mindful eating. So with uh, the nutrition plan, it's actually based on your blood chemistry, medical history, and lifestyle. We take a look at that, see where your body's out of balance, give you a targeted nutrition plan because, again, I'm all about root causes, right? Targeting where your body's out of balance. These are the foods that your body needs to bring it back into balance and to restore your metabolism and hormone signaling, right? Based on metabolic uh, balance principles, um, this pro program emphasizes the importance of whole foods and nutrient-dense meals. So not calories, right? Nutrient-dense meals because it's the nutrients that our cells, that our body needs in order to stop the cravings, right? Stop that emotional eating. Stop the cravings, believe it or not, all right? You should be able to go out with your family and friends and eat without feeling deprived, right? Without feeling guilty, without feeling ashamed or without feeling like, no, I really can't do it because I'm on a diet, right? This is not a diet. This is a way of life. So once you learn how to eat and you learn the principles behind eating this way, it just becomes automatic. Like I don't stress about eating cookies. I don't stress about eating pies, cakes, 
pizza, anything like that. Because number one, I understand food. And that's what I try to teach my clients, right? I understand food and I understand how to use it for my body. I understand the triggers in my life because I've studied this, right? And that's why I, I'm doing these episodes, right? To share these things with you. So you can start using them in your life as well, right? Um, and by optimizing your metabolism, Right, you can help to control your and stabilize your blood sugar levels because again, that triggers cravings, sugar cravings as well, emotional eating, reduce inflammation, which will prevent you from losing weight, and restore hormone signaling, which again is tied to the emotional eating and why you keep on eating and eating and eating is because those switches are not working. So the emotional, um, the mindful eating will help to restore that. All right. So the benefits. Right, include fat loss. I'm telling you, you could be healthy. Well, you can't be healthy and not lose weight, but you can't be healthy or you can be healthy and not lose weight. Right? I didn't say that right. I always have trouble with this. You can lose weight and not be healthy, but you cannot be healthy and not lose weight. All right? One more time. You can lose weight and not be healthy, but you can't be healthy and not lose weight. All right? So, the key to that. It's health and balance. That's why I focus so much on health and balance. So fat loss, right, is just a benefit from doing all these things. Increased energy, improved overall health, combining targeted nutrition with a holistic approach to wellness, right? Holistic meaning mind and body. This program will help you to achieve your wellness goals in a sustainable and balanced way. So if you're ready to start your journey towards optimal health and well-being, send me a DM. I'll give you my contact and information. I'll ask you a couple questions, see what's going on with you in your life, see if the program is a good fit for you, and uh, we'll go from there. You can start transforming transforming your life in, in as little as 12 weeks, all right? So with that being said, you could join um, the Renew You Revolution uh, in my private Facebook group, Menopause and Weight Loss, Renew You Revolution. That name will be changing soon, but right now it's Menopause and Weight Loss. <laughs> um, you can find the link in the uh, section for um, this podcast, or you can find me on Facebook. You can de- direct message me on Facebook, Rachel Holtz, R-A-C-H-A-E-L-H-U-L-T-Z. Um, just search on my name, Renew You is my extension, and you can subscribe to this podcast. So with that being said, I hope you found some value in the episode today, and I hope I was able to give you some information. If you're struggling with emotional eating, like I said, feel free to reach out to me. We could talk about it. Um, see where you're struggling. Talk about some, you know, things. But I think I left you some pretty good, uh, pretty good things that uh, strategies and things that you could do in order to uh, at least start the work um, in order to make that happen. All right. So with that being said, thank you. Share this episode with somebody and join the Renew You Revolution. And I hope to see you or hear from you. Tune in next time. Bye for now.